0: Ruth King, welcome to Rep Talk.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here, Rob.
0: I am so excited to be talking with you at last. I know we've had this scheduled for a couple of weeks, but and the reason I'm excited is because I've been following you. You're a regular columnist uh, for today's HAC and refrigeration news. And I've been following your articles and I'm like, you know... This always reminds me that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. This is so refreshing that the solutions are out no, there. we don't. Absolutely and people don't. like yeah. you, are, yeah, you're, you're there. You're, you're the biggest resource and you're here. You're in our trade and you're here. So that's why I, I just, I really appreciate your articles. And that's how I got, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for you being here too. Uh, so with that, tell oh, us pleasure. about, yeah, tell, tell us about your company, your, your, your background. Uh, just give us a little bit of insight as to you, what, where, why you're here and where you're at.
1: I've been working with heating and air plumbing, electrical generator contractors now since 1987. And so I've been in here a little bit over 30 years in helping my goal in life is to give contractors the processes and tools they need to get and stay profitable as well as build wealth. So I have contractors I work with all across the country. The only state that I have not been in is North Dakota. And so if anybody's listening in North Dakota, I want to come, right. <laughs> just you, not in yeah. January. <laughs>
0: I think we can help you there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I do a lot of speaking, do a lot of training. And as you say, I do a lot of writing in a lot of the magazines. I also have a uh, a weekly eThing that I do called Contractor Sense. So I'm happy to put you on as well as anybody else who mm-hmm. wants to do it weekly instead great. of monthly. That'd be great. Yeah.
0: Great. So, did this, I'm always curious. Did did you pick this trade or did the trade pick you? I just, I'm always fascinated about how people come into, because there's all yeah. kinds of answers. I'm just curious about you, how you, how you came to HAC.
1: By accident. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I had a friend in grad school who worked for Service America. And at that point I was, we had a company that um, went out of business and I was looking around for something to do. And she said, come join us. And Basically, that's what happened. That's how I found this industry. And I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a great industry to be in. It's, we do some phenomenal things for businesses and phenomenal things for homeowners and, you know, what more than keep people comfortable in their homes and their offices. Now, they just have to learn how to make money at it, which is key.
0: Exactly right, because we know all the best technicians and craftsmen and tradesmen out there don't necessarily make the best business people, <laughs> which we can help, but you can help them there.
1: <laughs> I can help them there, definitely.
0: So, uh, one article in particular that really caught my attention, um, was you know, it was titled, it was in today's AC and refrigeration news, it was titled, Are You Weather Driven or Weather Dependent? And honestly, in our trade, that's constant, it's our constant struggle, right? Where we do really well. In extreme weather conditions, you know when we, we see our profitability, we look back at those years and they probably were really hot or really cold, depending on where you live right and um, it 's always well how do we get away from uh, you know, relying on the environment and mother nature to to help our businesses be profitable? so just tell me uh, highlight for us you know you had some strategies in there about and, and explain actually what that means first of all so are you weather driven or weather dependent
1: all right weather weather dependent means that you pray for hot weather, you pray for cold weather, and when it happens, you earn a profit, and when it doesn't happen, you have a lousy year, just as you described. Weather-driven means that you're profitable despite the weather, so to speak. And then you, in times that it's very hot or very cold, the profits just go up, or the profits you know, are, are relatively constant. So are we ever gonna get rid of our dependence on the weather? No, we're always gonna be somewhat weather-driven. No matter what we do, we're gonna be weather-driven. And I look at it from a perspective of putting you know, maintenance agreement programs in place, putting things that you can do together with customers year-round, IAQ being one of them, um, which is totally you know, not dependent upon the weather, it's dependent upon the comfort in your home, and finding things that you can do to talk to customers year-round and give them reasons for doing something when it's not hot or not
0: cold. Yeah, and, and service agreements uh, of all things, and I think you even mentioned it in the article, is that you know, it, it is, it's the basis for covering a lot of your business costs, right? It's a foundation, if you will. And one number that really stood out at me, was you quantified it, and I've never heard this before, at a minimum you should have 600 hours of commercial maintenance agreements for each commercial tech, and at least three thousand residential maintenance plans for each residential tech. I have never heard
1: that quantified <laughs> before. That's fascinating. So tell
0: us, no, go ahead. It's three
1: hundred. It's, it's three hundred per residential tech. Oh, 300, okay, three hundred. Okay, there's an extra zero in there. <laughs> All right, so three hundred. <laughs> that
0: I was. Uh, that was yeah. So three hundred residential maintenance plans per technician. So explain a little bit how maintenance does actually uh, come to help steady out, you know, and, and cover your costs annually for you know for, for contractors
1: okay so let's assume that and let me also give one more background thing is mm-hmm. that i always believe in at least breaking even on maintenance not using maintenance as a loss leader all right so let's start there because if you lose ten dollars on a maintenance agreement and you have thousand a thousand maintenance agreements that's ten thousand dollar loss that's ten thousand of profit that you have to generate so the revenues that you have to generate are at least a hundred thousand if not more To cover that $10,000 loss. So, all right, let's start there. So, you know, then what we look as we look at maintenance. If you look at some of the rules of thumb with respect to maintenance, it's uh, for every commercial. Let's do commercial because you mentioned that first. You know, for every 600 hours in commercial maintenance, you're probably going to get, you know, somewhere between 600 and 1200 hours of service and service work, you know, or project work or something along those lines. So, one guy then is basically full time at that point. Um, from there, for every dollar in commercial maintenance, you probably have somewhere in this day and age probably three dollars some of my clients are actually closer to four, but let's say two for everybody here so for every dollar, if you have a thousand dollars in commercial maintenance agreements, and you should get two thousand dollars worth of work in either replacements or you know additional service work so the, the ratios and the numbers kind of work um, from a commercial, from a residential perspective, every, about every year, eight to 10% or six, depending on where you are in the country, like in, in Florida and the Gulf up Coast, people replace their systems every six to eight years because of the salt. You know, you, right. and you don't have that happen in Maine. So, you know, somewhere between six and 10% of your maintenance clients, residential maintenance clients will replace their systems every year. So if you have a 1,000 maintenance agreements and you're in the 8% range, you know that you have 80 replacements that you can probably pretty close to bank on for that particular year, assuming you do your job right. And then you also look at it from a perspective that about 80% or higher of your residential maintenance customers who you give a proposal to will actually say yes. So I'd rather be a salesperson out there um, talking to a commercial, to a residential maintenance client because I know I have a better shot of getting it than somebody who doesn't know us from a hole in the wall.
0: Right, right. And it's something really important too, you know, is it's all about customer touches, right? So even if you're there twice a year, spring and fall, it's an extra touch with that homeowner and you're building that rapport and that long, you're not a one and done kind of guy, you're building that long lasting uh, customer base that will hopefully continually come back to you. So going forward, it actually pays forward too from a relationship standpoint, right?
1: Yeah, and the thing that most contractors don't do, which is kind of dumb, is just talk to them when they want something. You know, cooling check, heating check. Talk to them. You know, it doesn't cost a whole lot. You know, send emails and, you know, some things that will make them more comfortable in their home or more comfortable in their business. You know, talk to them them at least. I like to say monthly, but most of you guys won't do it. Um, You know, but a quarterly, just put something in their hands so they remember who you are and that you really do care about them other than when you want to go into their home or their
0: business. Yeah. And again, about the number of touches and, and, and building that rapport. You also mentioned too, taking the income and you said it's, it's more of a a break even strategy or, 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 you know uh, it's not meant to generate tons of revenue, but what the revenue that comes in from those service agreements, you actually mentioned that you create a separate, you have a strategy for that money that comes in. You want to explain that a little bit?
1: All right, again, we're talking residential and commercial. Commercial, yep. you just save about 5% of the revenues in the savings account. Yep. In residential, I would put all of your maintenance agreement money in a savings account, and then if you need it as you do the work, take it out because if they're paying you up front, it's not your money until you actually do the work. So they have, you have to save it from that perspective, if nothing else. And the thing that I find is over the years that you don't really need all of it all right? And most companies don't. As you get more and more maintenance, you get busier and busier, and then you'll be able to save some of it. Don't touch it. You know, I I had a contractor put $1.7 million away in seven years. So, I mean, it can be done. It can actually be done. Then the key is don't go to the big boy's toy store or don't go to the big girl's toy store when you have, you know, a million dollars in the bank. You know, that's not there for playtime. That's there for right. uh, taking care of things.
0: Absolutely. And um, you mentioned too, you know, uh, when they're out there on those calls or maintenance calls, they might have points of, uh, uh, you know, the equipment might have things that need to be addressed. And you, even if the customer doesn't, uh, once it's presented to the customer and you educate them why you should take, take this particular action or something needs addressing, they might not do it at the time, but you have something called a tickler file. Can you explain the tickler file?
1: Tickler file is, Mrs. Jones says, nah, I don't want to do that now. So you you take that particular recommendation, and all of us are electronic these days. On the left-hand side of our dispatch boards, you have, like, unassigned, and you have maintenance, and you have parts on order. Put one other thing that says tickler. So when Mrs. Jones goes, nah, I don't want to do this, you create a dispatch, and you just put it over in tickler so that, you know, 30 days, 60 days from now when things might get a little slow. They I mean, may or may not. But anyway, it's follow-up time. And you have built-in work for the guys to do. The other thing that happens a lot is it's the end of the season. So let's say, you know, we're hitting summer season now, but let's assume it's August or September. And it's the end of the season and there's something wrong with your system. And they're like, "Nah, I'll just do it next year when it gets, you know, starting to get hot again. So you have a tickler file and you might have a seasonal tickler file there. So, you know, like heating, put all the stuff for heating, put all the stuff for cooling and that type of thing in there.
0: So in the regular communication, so let's say you're going out to the next maintenance, that tickler file is there to remind you, oh yeah, the last time we were there or or going forward, you actually also take it a step further and say, you know, to this customer base that you're developing, um, you know, to communicate with them regularly, as you mentioned before, but also additional services that you have to offer, including the other accessories. And being through this pandemic now for a few months, uh, obviously, as you mentioned again a few minutes ago, that indoor air quality has gained a lot of attention. So it's not, it's going from yeah, a conversation very of much so. you know a conversation of being comfortable to being healthy. And what do these contractors have to offer by way of how can I make my house more more Healthier in addition to more comfortable. Healthy.
1: I mean, and you, you can address this a whole lot better than I can from the IQ perspective. However, I mean, they can do stuff just like, you know, spraying coils or they could do fogging. They can, do, you know, there's so many different things that they can do, both from a residential and a commercial standpoint.
0: What would you, what would your strategy be? Because here's a, here's a constant struggle that I see with the guys out there. I actually I'll take a step back for a second. So over another question, over the past few months, have you seen... Contractors that have been busier versus some that have been slower. Can you discern uh, in any communication, or maybe some of the trainings that you had? Why are they slow? Are they asking you about IAQ? Just out of curiosity, has it changed for you a little bit what people are asking for?
1: IAQ has become very large topic of discussion. And those contractors who were, you know, quote unquote, shut down by their governors, even though they were, you know, or essential services, um, mainly up north. You know, now they're, they're starting. Everything's starting to reopen, and they want their their systems cleaned and all the other fun things like that so you're in a situation where people are going okay um all right now what do we do with IAQ perspective and and looking at it from there and it's a really good thing that you can do for your client if they can say yes or they can say no but the fact is look you know you may be interested in this you may not be interested in but we have this product and we'd be happy to talk to you more about it or you know apply it in your home or apply
0: it in your business. Yeah, so it actually starts with the contractor letting it be known that they have those services to offer first of all, right, to get that out there. Hey, we do actually, exactly. we, can, we, we can help you with your breathing air, by the way. Yeah, we, in addition to just changing your filter, there's other things we can do. So there's this constant struggle I see with technicians and guys in the field being afraid to offer extra items or or quote extra items because they, might, they think it's costly and these people might not be able to afford it. What strategy would you have to a contractor? Because this is going in. I mean, IAQ products are not inexpensive, right? I mean, it, you could pay a thousand dollars for a HEPA air purifier, or a thousand. You know, things are going to cost between, you know, let's say eight hundred and sixteen hundred bucks. Just to, what strategy? How do you overcome that? And and you know, in your mind, how would you help a guy that's would struggle offering something because he he thinks it's going to cost too much?
1: Yeah, that's. I just I just wrote a contractor sense called. Um, do you have a sales avoidance department? And that's exactly what you know. You just talked about is the guys having their head that they can't afford it, or the customer can't afford it, or it's too expensive, or you know this isn't worth it, or something along those lines. And so the, the first thing you do is bring it out on the table. You know, how many times have you been in a situation where you thought somebody couldn't afford something and they hand you cash? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's been times where you walk into driveways where there's two, you know, Mercedes in the driveway, and they can't they can't you know, pay for anything because they're leveraged up to here. And then there's other situations where they look like they're poor as dirt, and they give you cash for a replacement system that's ten thousand in, dollars in a brown paper bag. So you can't make a decision whether somebody can or cannot afford it based on appearances doesn't work. You just don't know. And the worst thing that they can do is say, no, I'm not interested. But if you don't give them the opportunity, they don't know what they might be missing. And my sense of it is you bring it out, you role play it, and you get them comfortable with it. Do
0: you think, do you think that financing is underutilized in our trade with our guys?
1: It depends upon where you are. There are some areas of the country where they finance absolutely everything. There are some areas of the country where they write a check for everything. So it just kind of depends upon where they are. It also happens to be in their belief systems. You know, there's some areas that it's, you know, you don't finance anything. If you can't afford it, you don't get it. And then there's others who finance everything because they're used to paying monthly payments. It's just, there's no one consistent thing. You got to ask. Um, And they say, no, I'll just write a check or, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah. I just, you know, with, with current conditions and a lot of people being out of work and I mean, even prior to the pandemic, honestly, a lot of, there are that the population that can't even afford to fix their car. So what are ways or strategies that a contractor can make things affordable? And I think as an industry, I think we're guilty of only offering financing on brand new systems. And I always try to get the message out that you can finance accessories too. Honestly, there's pretty much finance any, right? Yeah, you can finance a
1: service call. There there are um, financing companies out there who will finance service calls. So, I mean, there's no excuse anymore. They can finance a service call. Now, the interest rate is not going to be cheap, but they can finance a service call.
0: Yeah. And I think interest rates, from what we've seen anyway, the recent history, money is a little bit less expensive now and finance rates have come down. You just got to look what you're, I mean, I think the average homeowner can actually finance something on their own own anyway, even outside of the contractor. There's those opportunities. So um, yeah, I always like to have kind of work that into the conversation. So you talked about like training classes and honestly, everybody's been home for the past few months or even if they've been essential workers, I know there's been time to train. Are you really busy yourself training folks uh, more than you have been?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most of my classes are now online in addition to be in person with the exception of the financial classes, because that I gotta be with you. There's no way to do look at a PL and a balance sheet online. It does not work. You gotta do that in person.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Maintenance. You can do maintenance training online. You can do a lot of other, you know, soft skills training online. But in fact, you know, looking, you know, looking at a profit and loss statement, looking at a balance sheet, you just almost have you have to do that in person.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you ever worked with any distributors in the past? Oh
1: yeah. Well, all yeah. the time.
0: That's good to know. I'm always the, curious. A lot of my
1: distributor, cl- yeah, my distributor classes got canceled too.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, those poor folks. I mean, fortunately a lot of them have been able to, uh, to work around this and just offer, you know, curbside pickup and that kind of thing. At least for are keeping things rolling. But, uh, but I know if, I was curious about that. If, if, if our, our distributor listeners are also in uh, need of any, 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 uh, help or guidance that you're available for them too. Cause um, so we got a variety yeah. of listeners here on the line with between distributors and contractors. I think everybody, if we talk and always talk in terms of contractors and where, you know, their business sense, I think it helps the whole rest of the food chain <laughs> to be able to be in tune with that too.
1: So, I mean, you're in the situation with distribution that um, it's easier, you know, if we're going to do a class, like I'm going to do a class which is building profit and wealth in September where we we moved one that was supposed to be done in April first, yeah, right. April Fool's Day—that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to do it in September. So it's two days: a day of um, on balance sheets and a day on p and and pricing and stuff like that. So yeah, we do that a lot. Um, do a lot of things with respect to the financial side. Do a lot of things with respect to the, the maintenance side of too. Because you know, as you started this conversation with weather driven or weather dependent, if I can get more contractors off of weather dependent. Everybody wins.
0: In that light, has anything, has the pandemic changed any of the strategies at all in your mind? Or are we doing anything differently now as we would have been doing, you know, three or four months ago,
1: in your opinion? Well, hopefully everybody recognizes the need to save cash and the need to have maintenance. I think that's been, um, if anything, that's been made very, very, very clear about having to save cash and needing maintenance agreements because those are the people who are, are, you know, staying with you, funding you and that type of thing in you know, weird times.
0: This day and age now, from a marketing standpoint, what suggestions do you have for contractors? Are they doing anything differently now? Are you highlighting, You know, what would you say to them now? What should they be doing now, even if they are slow, and even if it is hot or cold, wherever you are, um, what would they be, from a marketing standpoint, what should they be doing?
1: Reactivating inactive customers. I mean, every one of them, every one of them, I would put money on, and I'm not a betting person, but I would put money on it, has you know, they may have 10,000 customers in their customer base on their computer, but maybe 2,000 of them have done business with them in the past 18 months, okay? What happened to the other eight? I mean, they're still around. So go talk to them. You know, take the ones you haven't dealt with, you haven't heard from in 18 months, let's say to three years or four years, and give them a reason to come back. You know, I did this with one of my clients a couple of years ago before the pandemic actually started, and they were commercial. We sent a uh, hundred postcards, a hundred postcards, okay? Not, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands. They got one of their commercial maintenance back, and it was more than $10,000. So we spent $50, got 10000 back. I think that's a pretty good wow. return on investment.
0: Wow. It certainly, certainly is. So go through your list. Basically, anyone you've ever had uh, exposure to or been in their house, go through that list. Look at your list. They're already there. Uh, maybe somebody's not in the home anymore. There's a new customer waiting for for you. Um, are you yeah. a fan? Are you a fan of what kind of media are you a fan of using to uh, to promote the the portfolio of services a contractor could offer? Are you a fan of anything in particular?
1: postcards no, or online
0: or okay, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, it really does. I mean um i like for reactivating inactive customers you have to do it through direct mail because you have to know who they are and you, they're probably not going to see it on facebook or they're not going to see it on instagram or something along those lines that type of thing has to be done through direct mail or a phone call of the two and contact them and uh, facebook has been very very good for some of if you're um Residentially oriented, if you're commercially oriented, probably LinkedIn. Yeah, there are some areas of the country, like I'll give you an example. This is not true anymore, I don't think, but um, many years ago, I worked with a contractor on Hilton Head Island and back in the day, I was in my 30s back then, okay, so I can say this now. Um, there was a station called WLOW, which was called the 50 to Dead station because they played all the big band era and, and that type of thing. I'm in my 30s, okay? So I'm I'm over 50 now, but anyway, I can't say that anymore. But um, the contractor I was working with was in his 30s also, and all his customer base actually listened to that radio station. It was small. It just hit, hit Hilton Ham, a little bit of Buford, and you know, it worked really, really well, for his, and it was his customers. So... I made him um, sponsor the 920 stock market report every Thursday morning. And his comment to me originally is I don't, li- I will not listen to that blank blank station and you can fill in whatever curse word you want. Probably the worst <laughs> one you can think of is the one that he used. And I said, but your customers listen to it. I don't care whether you listen to it or not. So anyway, he did it, you know, cause you know, he trusted me. And So wrote the first commercials, you know, their first Thursday morning, the phone rings at like 9:21, 9:22, and you continued. You can always tell when the commercials ran because the phone would start ringing. And this went on for a year. So he renewed it the following year, and he just looked at me and said, <laughs> "Shut up." <laughs> but but that, that's the reason I tell the story is that's an example of radio working really, really well. In the city of Atlanta, where I live, I mean, we have four million people. Unless you're one of the really, really big boys, radio makes absolutely no sense because you can't cover the entire coverage that's on radio. So in Atlanta, you've got to niche it a whole lot. I mean, there's some regional, there's some um, geographic newspapers that you can do, or there's some geographic um, cable that you can do. But you have to take neighborhoods here rather than that one radio station covering the the area of Hilton Head. So, I mean, so sometimes the radio works, sometimes it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes TV works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, You know, my, my thing is I've always been a fan of direct mail, especially when you want to talk to customers or prospective customers or reactivating customers, because you know that they may not open it, but it got delivered to their mailbox and there's ways to get them to open it too, or get a better shot at getting them opened. I mean, right now, um, Well, they've gone up. But at the beginning of the pandemic, Facebook ads were really, really cheap because they were trying to get people to start doing stuff again. But they're going back.
0: (laughs) Nice. So get those tickler files going, right? And get your postcards going. (laughs) Direct mail. Have a big picture of a media air cleaner or something on there that says, we can help your breathing air. I'm sure that'll get attention. Um, Have you had many contractor customers um, do um, uh, uh, service calls remotely? like telecalls at all or yes. uh, tell me a little yeah, bit about that. What is
1: your
0: experience with those? Wait a minute,
1: wait, 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 before we go there. Yeah, sure. Can you see this? Uh-huh. This is what you mail in to a woman of the house. Ooh. It looks like a, looks like a gift card, birthday card, It looks card, like it whatever. came from, uh You will yeah. open it if you, if you hand address it and put a stamp on it. So that, that's a That's a great that's idea.
0: I love that. that that's
1: all right, oh, yeah. so Excellent. now let's talk about tel- the remote the remote calls. Um, XOI technology has done a really phenomenal job, both um, from a perspective of selling things as well mm-hmm. as helping customers with, you know, okay, do we really need to be here and the customer can go out and, and that type of thing. So, you know, for some customers, they could care less. They just wanted the done. Others were more reticent about um, getting somebody in their home unless they absolutely needed it. And the technologies like the XOI, you know, and you can even do some, you know, um, what do you call the thing? Not Zoom, but um, where you have on your on your FaceTime on your Face phone. FaceTime,
0: yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had a good friend of mine here locally in upstate New York say uh, he was getting a quote for his system, and a couple of the guys, the salesman from those companies, actually gave him a quote over the phone. I, mean, I think he gave him certain information like his unit size and all that. The only thing that's lacking is, you know, a thorough look at the system that you normally would want but it all depends on the homeowner too if they want to let you in
1: or not but uh, but most of the guys are
0: following the cdc protocol i i would say anyway but it's comfort level for everybody sure um
1: i I had i had one of my um contractors i work with and he had a pregnant woman who did not for obvious reasons didn't mm -hmm. want anybody in her home i mean i don't blame her i really and truly don't And so what we ended up, what he ended up doing was he ended up doing it, you know, either through, I think it was XOI or whatever, and he sold the system that way. And they minimized the amount of time that they were in their home. Obviously, it's a situation where they can do most of it outside anyway, but she was very concerned. She didn't want anybody in her home unless she had absolutely had them in her home. She needed a new system. It wasn't a thing that she didn't. And it worked out really, really well. The trust was there, and they they sold it.
0: So there's, there's ways, there's ways, right. And I think these, it's, it's a new world for everyone. And I think we're all working our way through, yeah. but it seems like most of them have figured it out or, or hopefully they have, uh, I, I, it just, it pains me to hear that guys are slow no matter what. And, and given this situation now, you I know mean, I've heard of and it's still, there's just, there's, the big point here is there's help for you guys. Listen, uh, you know, Ruth, Ruth here is one of many resources. She's a great one. You know, uh, talk about reinventing the wheel. Her wheel is really round and it seems to be working very well, right? <laughs> you're a <laughs> runner. I think you're a runner. And I think round. it's all, yep, yep. I think it's all about, if you're a runner, you talk about running efficiency, right? For the long haul, here's your running efficiency plan. <laughs> so just, Ruth, what is the best way that uh, folks that are interested in getting help from you, how, what's the best way to, for them to get a hold of you?
1: I will give you two. You can call the office, which is 770-729-0258, or you can send me an email to Ruth King at HVACChannel.tv. Either way, you get to okay. me quickly. Or just, y- you know, you can go to HVACChannel.tv, and there's contact there. Pages there too
0: is wonderful information on that, on your webpage there too. And um, I was watching some of the videos. So you also have a podcast you mentioned. Tell us a little bit about that. What's its name and what? let us know what you're into, what you've been talking about.
1: Contractor Sense is the name of my podcast. C-E-N-T-S, not S-E-N-S-E. It's Contractor Sense. Um, Given my thing about profitability, that's, you know, really where it is. And it's about 20 minutes, so there's a new podcast every Tuesday morning and I meant it so that you can get one idea and get the idea of driving from one customer to another because most aren't any more than 20 minute drives in between customers. I interview a lot of people and Rob, I hope that I can entice you oh, to come I'm online there. and talk about IAQ um, from that Glad perspective. There. And we, we talk a lot about issues. We talk about sales, we, you know, the sales avoidance thing that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have somebody doing SEO on Tuesday. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different things that we cover all with the bottom line of making you more profitable.
0: Wonderful. So Contractor Sense, C-E-N-T-S. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that-
1: and you can get it on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbeam or, you know, whatever they are. They're, it's all over the place.
0: That's terrific. So normally too, you're traveling quite a bit, right? So you ge- you don't have any geographic restrictions, do you? So if somebody needed help and eventually as we start opening up, you'll be able to get back on the road and, and go do training in person. Is that
1: right? Yeah. As as I put in my email to my contractors last week, I said most of the U S is open with the exception of most of the Northeast and Hawaii. That's, that's us. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> We're getting there. We're slow, but we're getting there. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, And I did read somewhere, do you have actually a training room of sorts too? So can people come to you for training? Tell me a little bit about your training room and what you offer there.
1: Uh, My training room is in my office. We can put a maximum of 16 people in so small classes, which is, which is the way I, you know, if we're going to do something that's financial, Mm -hmm. I can't have 40 people in the class because you just lose it with 40 people in the class. So. A lot of the training I do is either dispatcher training or service manager training or a lot of the building, profit, and wealth type training, pricing, that type of thing. So, um, you know, come to Atlanta. It's comfortable. Yeah. You can get here.
0: <laughs> you could tie it into a trip with whatever else you want, ASHRAE or whatever whatever's coming into town. You get a lot of meetings in town. I know. <laughs>
1: we just uh, going to be here in December.
0: That's what it yeah. is. I was thinking of Hardy. Yeah, you're right. It's Hardy I was thinking of. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so you're a runner, right? You like, you've ran some marathons. I am a runner. So how do you mm-hmm. feel about this? Do you think there's going to be any races run the rest of this year? Are, you, are you hopeful? Yeah, you're-
1: probably. There already are. I have one of my clients is also a runner and there was a 48 hour run that, you know, 48 miles and 48 hours. I think is what it was. Ooh. Run that they did um, last week or the week before. So you're starting to see little pockets of it coming back. And Good. people just got to be careful. They just forget and have to be careful. That's yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear in your ne- neck of the world, things are getting back to normal. That's great to hear because we haven't scheduled anything yet. We're still, I'm still waiting to get a haircut. We need barbers open. So far. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. I, had, I got my haircut three weeks ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's been too long.
0: Well, Ruth, thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been thoroughly uh, refreshing and uh, insightful. I appreciate you sharing your time with us. And we look forward to uh, seeing you soon and, and reading, reading you soon again, too. So thank you.
1: Thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. And I look forward to returning the favor. And hopefully I helped your listeners.
0: Got it. Thanks, Ruth. Look forward to it.